I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, homos. Welcome back to Happy Alpha Homo. I'm Keegan. And I'm Joel. Still. And we're still a couple. Yeah, we're still here. Um, how, are you, how are you? I'm all right. I'm quite warm. It's winter, but I've been sweating. It's like an old people's home in here. Oh, it's not winter in here. I'm sweating like a glass blower's ass. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come to you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> Back in your box. You probably already have guessed by uh, his dulcet tones who we're joined by today. Yeah. But, um, we've got a guest, but before we get into him, parish notices, parish do. notices, review, 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 please, will you review the podcast? Yeah, it um, really helps us if you can rate us five stars and leave a little review over on Apple Podcasts. They decide the charts. It the gets higher spread up the charts more. We more get, people see it, the better. More happy, healthy homos, and that's what we want. Yeah. And so if you want to get in touch with us, mm-hmm. hello at happyhealthyhomo.com. Email us, email you stuff for helpful homos, the um, agony ant stuff we do on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing as he's already made himself well known, um, we would like to welcome Sir Dame <laughs> Anthony Cotton, MBE. 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 <laughs> Hello. Happy, happy, happy. Thank you for coming on, Ant. I like to say it's like a shed, isn't it? <laughs> it's <laughs> a don't, don't, don't destroy the illusion. It's, it, it is like a shed. like a shed, but with plastic plants. <laughs> <laughs> Are these not real? No. Oh, I'm trying no. to emulate. Alan Titchmarsh on his show. <laughs> okay. It's nice. I like your setup. It's yeah, good. Thank you. thank you. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Um, for those who don't know, if you don't know, why don't you know? Anthony Cotton is Sean in Coronation Street. He is coming up to his 20 year. I've just passed, um, it is now officially 20 years. 20 years. I mean, it's contested because I only did a few episodes for the first bit to get me in, but it is 20 years. I've been going to that place to work for 20 years. 20 wow. years. Yeah. Um, Paul Flynn wrote that you were the most viewed gay man per capita um, wow. over the last 50 years with how much you've been on screen. Uh, well, uh, that was, yeah. Um, that was for his book, Good As You. Yeah, G-O-I, great book. Um, which is a great book. It is. Um, yeah, because I've been on the telly for so long, I think. And other people that are, I would consider more known than me, um, uh, uh, but they're perhaps only on once a week or they're perhaps yeah they do various different things so some radio some telly some film but for i think what paul was meaning is f- as far as being in people's living rooms in people's kitchens on the television you know every single week week in week out 
and now it's got to 20 years. I think that refers to that. Yeah, and sometimes, um, what, up to five episodes a week sometimes? Well, we know we do six now. Six episodes oh, a week, so, yeah. so that's, that could be that can be a lot of shown. Yeah, I mean, that's before, you know, when I think about that time when I first joined the show, um, now the, the world is a different place, obviously, because we evolved, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, but things like Drag Race didn't exist. Mm. And um, and now every show has a gay character. There are now shows that are built from um, scripts that are only gay characters. Mm. So the the whole landscape has changed, and it did begin. I have to give, cre- give credit to Russell and Nicola, who made Queer as Folk. Um, and I pay homage to Alexander, because um, without that show, and for me, without Alexander, then none of this would have happened yeah. because Queer as Folk really did change the the whole landscape and how gay people are represented on television without it ever being a representation but it did change the uh, the landscape of that so I'm very proud to have been part of those two things Sean and Corey and also uh, Queer as Folk's yeah. lawyer yeah. Did that make it really scary Corey going into Corey as a gay character as one of the first if not the first No not at all they're like, they're like the antithesis of that I yeah, really yeah, I wrote a card asking to be in it, <laughs> which I think is so, it sounds so kind of, I don't know everything because everything's online now. When I started in Coronation Street, which was in 2003, the internet didn't really exist mm. the way it exists now. Mm. Um, you know, people didn't email. Yeah, I remember Sally Lindsay at work getting a phone with a keypad on it to email. And it was like something from, you know, um, I mean, I can't even believe I'm going to say this now because at the time it seemed so far, far, like out of the ordinary. But do you remember that film, that Spielberg film, AI? Yeah, with a little boy. In the world uh, with him. Yes, but that yeah. so that at the time seemed like AI, yeah. <clears throat> without any concept that we are going to be now living in a time with AI. Well, mm. well, take us back then, because the you getting into Corey with the card is very much an analog story as opposed to a digital one. Okay, it's so, very analog. So talk, talk, talk us through that because I, I think it's great. I went to <clears throat> the theatre with my mum. I went to the Royal Exchange, and at the Royal Exchange was uh, there's always various people there um, on press nights. You know, family and friends, other actors, casting directors going to see people. And the then casting director of Coronation Street, one of, there was Judy Hayfield and June West. Um, June West was at the at the same show that we were at, the same play. And she came up to me in the interval and said, why have you done Coronation Street? And why I haven't, just, haven't you done Coronation Street? Sorry. Um, she said, why haven't you done Coronation Street? And I just said the first thing that came into my head, which was, well, you've never asked me. And she said, oh, it doesn't really work like that. And I said, well, um, I don't want to audition for it. And I said, what, why, was, why was that? It was just on in our house all the time. And my mum and dad loved it. And we loved it. It was part of our thing. I loved those characters. I, I loved Coronation Street. And I just couldn't bear the idea that I'd audition for it and I'd be rejected. Mm. So I suppose it was like a, I was... Uh, Protection, pre- kind yeah, of. preserve and protect. So when I said very cheekily, "Oh, I've, it's because you've never asked me," what I, that what that actually meant was I'd, I just couldn't bear the idea of being turned away. And also, you got to remember, yes, I'd done Queer as Folk, and yes, 
And now, all these years later, we realise how much it changed the landscape. But at the time, it was like it was at that time. Mm. So the reason June West had asked me was, "Why have you never done Coronation Street?" It's because I was on. I was like, I suppose the word is zeitgeist. Mm. We were, we were known, and um, and so she said it doesn't really work like that. And I said, "Well, if I get asked, we'll just have to see, won't we?" And then in the car on the way home, we went. We, you know, we watched the second act of the play and the play finished and we came home and in the car, my mum said to me, you should do something about that because in the Manchester Evening News, which is the uh, Mancunian Bible, there was a feature on the producer and every time Coronation Street gets a new producer, it always makes like tabloid news. Yeah. Um, so there was an interview with who the new producer was, a man called Tony Wood. And... Um, she said you should do something about that. There was an interview. There was a big double pet, and he was called Tony Wood. And you know they always gave them names like you know the Ice Man or the a so because he was Wood, they called him the Axe Man. Right. Who is he going to kill? You know they used to do all these stories about who they were going to get rid of. They were always made up. Anyway, there was a big story about the Axe Man cometh to Weatherfield. Um, she said you should do something about that and pursue it because the fact that she's asked. And, you know, sometimes you say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then you never do. Yeah. Well, here's a lesson. So I got home and I thought, well, I am going to do something. And it was like, because it, the theatre is, you know, it's midnight. And I got home and in my little house, I used to live in a little terrace house. And I had an office desk and whatever. And in the, in the drawer of the desk, there was a, I only had one blank card. And it was a picture of a dog with sunglasses on, black and white photograph. And it had, it was blank. So I, I am not a birth card. Yeah. And I thought, well... There you go. If nothing else, somebody might remember the card. So I wrote the card to the producer, Tony Wood, and I said, Dear Tony, welcome to Manchester. If you ever feel like Weatherfield needs a raving homosexual, I'm your man. Um, I put something... Uh, I, I think I said, Weather, if the parish of Weatherfield ever needs a homosexual, then I'm your man. Um... I've got my own house, my own car. I don't do drugs, and best of all, I'm cheap. Come on, Tony, you know you want it. Lots of love, Anthony Cotton. <laughs> and I put it, put it, and uh, wrote the address on to Granada, and I put a stamp on it. And I got in my car that night, and I drove it to my local post box, and I put it in. So action, action, action. Yeah, and I because it was done then. Yeah, and and it. And I don't, I don't think I thought anything would ever come. Of, I don't actually know what I thought would come of it, but I just, I, but I just did it. And I, you know, I told two of my good, great pals, who are Russell T. Davis and Jonathan Harvey. Jonathan was had just started writing for Corrie. I sent the card off, and then I told them that I'd done it. And both of them thought that's a very sweet idea, but probably that's not, you know, it's not going to yeah. happen like that. Anyway, so the next morning it got collected, and it took a single day to get there. And the the next day after that. Unbeknownst to me, it landed on somebody's desk who I now know to be Jane McClaw, who's a good friend. She's a, uh, while she was there, she was a good pal, um, still in touch. Um, but I didn't know who she was. She was the producer's assistant. So she was Tony Wood's assistant. It landed on her desk. And because it was a card handwritten and not like a you know an official thing, yeah. she took it into him and put it on the top of his work. And little did I know that he was just about to pick up his bag, take his mail, get in a car, and he was going to the his very first long-term conference. Long-term conference is where, you where the show writers and storyliners and producer discuss the following year. Right. And it just so happened that 
on the top of that stuff. He got in the car and he opened a card and it was a picture of a dog with sunglasses on and it was from me. And he got to the conference and he always used to sit next to Tony Warren who created Coronation Street. I'm Anthony, he's Anthony, Tony was Anthony. And he sat next, I was just always thought that, that was a thing. Um, uh Yeah, Trinity. <laughs> sat next to Tony Warren and he said to him, and Tony's like the god of our show. God love him. I loved Tony so much. Um, and he just said to him, what do you think about having a gay character? And I swear to God, Tony Warren replied, well, if they were going to have a gay character, there's only one queen to play him. And he said, and who's that? And he said, Anthony Cotton. And he showed him the card. <laughs> That's and amazing. And it just happened like that. And the rest, as they say. You know well, what we yeah. need to We need to find this card and get it framed, and that would be such a good I present wonder, for you. I wonder if Tony Wood still has it. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever I see Tony Wood, because Tony Warren's died now, unfortunately, but whenever I see Tony Wood, the rare occasions I might see him at, you know, at BAFTA or somewhere like that, I always, I always, always make a point of saying thank you to him. Um, and he always replies, no, thank you. Yeah. So it, it just, it was, it was, the right place, the right time, the right card, the right words. It was just everything was right. And I realised that that doesn't happen a lot and it yeah. doesn't happen for everybody and it's not a way I would recommend anybody <laughs> trying to get a job. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just... You shot your shot. I did and it just happened. Mm. And I was lucky enough that I was young enough and not jaded enough to think... You know, because with age, sometimes you think, ah, you can't be bothered or things don't work it like that work, for me. Yeah. And and so I was I was a lot younger. I was 20 years younger. Um, and I just chanced my arm and it worked. And then uh, I remember being in a supermarket and and my, my agent called me. I've been with my agent forever. And my agent called me and said that another show, another producer that I knew were offering me a two-year deal. And it just goes to show I always, you know, I know that, you know, I work with the armed forces a lot now, especially the army. And one of my big things, it, I talk about instinct and not listening to your heart and not listening to your head, only ever listen to your gut. And I was in the supermarket and, because um, we had mobile phones then. Is that when we pull out the aerial, flip yeah. down the, <laughs> hello? Thank you, Joel. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, not, not far off. Um, I was in the supermarket and they said, that my agent said that they'd offer this. And I was very grateful to Paul, who was the other producer who was offering me this job. And I just had a feeling, I just had a feeling because we'd had my agent I had a call from Coronation Street to say, oh, they've talked about your availability, but that was it. Anyway, I just had a feeling. I said, I think there's something's going to happen for Coronation Street. And she said, well, you can't really work like that. You know, this is work. This yeah, is a job. Yeah, yeah. And so I rang 0161, whatever it was. I rang the switchboard at Granada and I got through to this person, Jay McClure, who'd put the card on his yeah, desk. Yeah. And I said, I need to speak to Bruce. She said, you can't, he's away skiing. And I said... But I, I really need to ask him a question. She said he's, he's uncontactable. And I said, well, I'm just going to say something to you just so that you know. I think he'll be really mad if we don't tell him. She was like, what? She had no idea who I was. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I just said, I've been offered another job and they need me to, to give them an answer and it's a two-year job. So she said, well, leave it with me, but I can't guarantee anything. And if you need to commit to a deadline or anything, you've got to do what you've got to do. Yeah. Anyway... 
So I left her my phone number and I left it for the day. And at, at about five o'clock that day, this 0161 number came up on my phone and I answered and it was and it was her. And she said, I've just had a one line email back from him. Tell him do not sign on the other job. Oh All right. There you go. Cool. Now, that's not a guarantee of work. Sure. It would not have stood up in a court. Yeah. Yeah. But I just trusted my gut instinct. Yeah, and and I don't know what it was. I just trusted that mm. that he wasn't going to, it wasn't a lie or he wasn't going to flake. Yeah. And, I, and so I turned down a full contract on another job. Your agent Did, must have been like, yeah, what are you yeah, doing? Stupid, stupid, <laughs> stupid. Um, <laughs> And and it paid off, and 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 I think probably that's why my the stuff that I do with the army, when I talk about tribes and about uh, uh, under the banner of mental health and about instinct and going with instincts and trusting your gut, trusting the soul of somebody and 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 looking them in the eye, and not being stupid and going with hearts and heads because they're stupid listeners and viewers. Don't ever go with your heart or your head; they do not tell you the truth. Um, but your gut just knew and I was in and I just remember thinking I just trust this I'm going to go with it and mm. I wanted to do it because I and I had no idea the character didn't exist yeah, Sean right. did not exist on paper it it, it was it, we made him up as we went along and the, you know the, the famous story is the writers that had never written a gay character before Tony Wood told them to write Sean as Raquel Right. And then it all made sense to them. They were like, ah, right, okay, it's going to be unlucky in love, always looking up at the stars, even though he's in the gutter. So that's who Sean was. Yeah. So I've always kind of said that Sean is a mixture of, he's got one foot in um, Norris and another foot in Raquel, and somewhere in between is Sean. Sean. So, um, so, yeah, I, so I signed on to a job. I turned down a job with a script and a part and a name and a contract yeah. for something that didn't even exist. Mm, it was yeah. just in the ether the writer just wrote me scene by scene and they got mm. me in for a few episodes. And then six months later, I was in full time working behind the Rover's return, working in the factory and living at number 11 Coronation wow. Street. But even at that point, were you still like, oh, I don't know. Because obviously you didn't know it was going to be 20 years later. You're still on the show. So were you like, oh, this could be a year, maybe two or? Genuinely, I thought three months. Brilliant. As a job in yeah. actor, yeah. three months solid work. You know, that's the length of a play. Mm, yeah. So I just thought three months, mega. And okay. then that became, I mean, <laughs> 20 years later, but I, I, I remember thinking 12 weeks. I think my initial contract was like 12 weeks. And I yeah. thought, if that's it, that's mega. Because mm, yeah. you can get so many episodes in. And and also because I had this like carte blanche to to work with the writers and, and yeah, create, create this, this thing. thing. Yeah. And so I think... I think still to this day, I'm the only person that's never auditioned for it. Other people have been offered it, of course they have, but um, I've never auditioned. I'm the only actor to not audition for a character that didn't exist. Okay. Right. So So 20 years on now. Yeah. And I must say, give credit to Jan McVerry who named Sean. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 20 years on, you are... Dare I say it? Without you are probably class, up there with a national treasure status as Sean, um, but that's that's now as and Panty um, says over there in Dublin, uh, a national fucking treasure. <laughs> <laughs> so you you are that now, but obviously you weren't that. And times the, in two thousand three, the media, the focus, the wording that was used around mm -hmm. gay characters, gay people on TV. Just talk us through that because of everything that's going on in the world now. You know, uh, homophobic 
hate crimes are up and, and there's all stuff going on with trans people and people are being ostracized and this is it's not something that's new to to lgbt people so talk us through what you, your rece sean's reception was early doors in the tabloids in the media and how that's changed this is a quite a complex subject for me because <clears throat> without nuance and without um without context yeah you could take some things that I could say about this subject and you could completely spin them in a different way. So I've got to be... Uh, so it's quite a difficult thing to talk about. First of all, I must say, I've never, ever, ever in my life felt oppressed in any way, shape or form. I just haven't. Um, I've never really taken on board other people's things, generally speaking. Mm. Certain things, individual things hurt, of course. But, but under like a bigger umbrella term, I've never felt oppressed. I've never been that person. So I've always been quite good at dealing with stuff. Because you feel comfortable in your own skin. Because I feel comfortable in my own skin. I've never, I've never wanted to be anything other than I am. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so therefore, I've never tried to hide part of me. Or, um, but still to this day, I have only ever, and bearing in mind my career spans, Queer as Folk, Absolutely Fabulous, Coronation Street, just to give you three of the most iconic, you know, Still to this day, I have only ever been asked to be on one gay magazine cover. We were on. We, we shared that, didn't we? And we did. It was and that was Attitude. So two thousand and fifteen. So I'd been in the show for twelve years. By that point, by the, that was the first time I was asked, mm. and it is to this day. The only time I've been asked. Wow. So you, so you have been. So you, so so explain that to me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. So Do, what have you got theories about why that might be? Yeah, internalized homophobia. Mm -hmm. You're not my kind of gay. Mm -hmm. Your kind of gay doesn't sell. You know, there's loads of things yeah. around that. I understand that magazines are a business, but that is the only one mm. ever. Wow. Um, and that's not me having a go at anybody. People have got to sell their magazines and whatever. If I'm not sellable, fine. But at the same time, I've been on every cover of every telly magazine, every newspaper. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Every. So the selling point really doesn't. Mm, it doesn't yeah. add up, but I, I don't know. That's not my business. So I, I think there is some. I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there with the um, not the right type of gay. Like we've had that doing this podcast, haven't we? You're mm -hmm. too white. You're too 
masculine looking you're too you haven't suffered you enough. haven't suffered enough um and then you might get and it's not really you is it because sean is not anthony but mm. is, is too camp is too effeminate is too um so it's like what is the right type of gay what is i don't know does, it's, it, this it just comes from it's a societal thing it's about oppression and I suppose because I've never felt oppressed, I didn't ever present as somebody that had was a victim. So therefore, if but that doesn't mean you're, you you've not had because you've done a lot. Like you've been at every, like every Manchester Pride yeah. for the last twenty odd years. You're you're, you're vocal uh, on socials, and when you got the get the opportunity, talk about politics and you know and and LGBT people's place in the world and what's going on. So it's not like you are just Sean. Hi, I rock up and I do this. Like you, you and, and you, even though you've not experienced that oppression that a lot of people have, it's not like you go. You've not pulled the ladder up, Jack. Oh no, I don't mean that. No, I, I, I what? Sorry, what? I, the, the tip that I'm on there is, I, I'm talking about all those years ago because I'm because I don't present as a victim in any way. It's almost like well, well, people don't feel like you've got a flaw. Okay. So who does he think he is? Okay. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So it, I think a lot of people just decided they didn't want to like me, so therefore didn't, and that's fine. McKellen okay. taught me years and years and years ago, the greatest teacher I've ever known. McKellen taught me, you know, what anybody else thinks of you is none of your business. He taught me quite a, a while to get my head around that, mm. but the moment that penny dropped, I was like, okay. But but at the same time, I think it then got on people's nerves that I didn't come with a set of problems. I wasn't ever like showing a weak side or because, you know, drag race has got um, has changed a lot of things about people being confident and being, you know, so, so camps all the things I was accused of, the effeminate side of yeah. things. I mean, that's literally it's now celebrated. It's now celebrated. But, you know, I'm an old relic now in comparison to that. Yeah. So I think um, the, the the journey that I had, I was on my own. So I would be accused by the gay community of being a stereotype mm. whilst being an, an archetype because I was the only one. Mm, yeah. You know, soon after, you know, in the years to come, EastEnders would have gay... EastEnders did have gay characters before, but they... they well, the... Cashman was it? Cashman, and they were all like deeply deeply upsetting victims and because that's how gay people were seen if we're going to have a gay character yeah. they've got to it's be, got to be tragic tragic mm. and they were always sad stories mm. they were they were never ever happy stories so when i started in coronation street my, one of my big things was sean will never apologize mm. for who he is ever 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 the two things he'll never apologize for who he is and he'll never wear a watch <laughs> Because, what, what's the because it means that he'll never be late and when he arrives is the right time for him to arrive. And also, Like a wizard. Yes. <laughs> and he'll be timeless. So a so yeah. conscious decision I made that he'll never apologise. And I said that to Tony Wood. He's never, ever going to apologise. And Tony was like, I'm here for that. And he has some good, like, he says that he sugared people, he sugared your rim. Yes. That was, so, you've obsessed with that. So I just think it was a good, it was, it, it was fun. But he's got That's quite good, recent as well. Yeah, he's got some good one-liners. He does though. have good one-liners. But it's, you know, that Sean was built on those one-liners. And, uh, and, you know, I think that's what probably got on some of the gay community's nerves, that it was just, he was always this 
You know, it was a different time when Sean was on that show. And how, so how is Sean? And because there wasn't any representation, people got really pissed off. That he wasn't there. Like, what about me? Yeah, him? what about... And yet, the most vocal would, used to come up to me and go, I can't believe your character on that show. This is nothing like what the gay community is. You are putting back this cause 20 years. Nobody's like that in real life. You know? <laughs> and they used to come up to me and say it to me. And in their head... They thought that Sean is the campest thing in the world, and they weren't. And that was fine. Mm. But, you know... I, as there, if your existence negates their existence. Whereas yes. in your mind, you're like, because well, there is no the, representation. The, finally, shows had got... A mainstream 7.30 at night show had got a gay character. Mm. And he was this outrageous, you know, unapologetic camp kind of whirlwind. Mm. So I think there was a lot of people that were were, were in their own lives oppressed. Were sat You're at, shining a light on me and I and, don't and want And I don't that. want my mum mm. and dad to think I'm like you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I understand where it came from, mm. but, I, but I did feel, I did feel at the time, and I'm lucky that I've always had amazing friends, I've always had a beautiful family, and, and you know, I've always had people and support that I didn't go under because... I used to get so much stuff mm. written about me. I mean, st st horrendous stuff. Stuff on, mm. you know, uh, internet forums. Stuff where the police were called. I had to go in and... Front pages as well back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Stuff that... I, and I and because it was only me, it was all directed at me. Yeah. And, you know, things like social media didn't exist, but the internet did. It used to be a thing, you know, it was forums. Chat yeah. rooms. Chat rooms and all that. Mm. And so you couldn't really answer back... And also, if you answer back, then it would fuel anything else. Yeah. So I never answered back on any of it. and But I used to get it relentless, like relentless. And how does that impact? Death you, threats. You, I'm going to come and find you. I'm going to slice your ears off. I'm going to... I mean, horrendous stuff. So how did you not then feel like a victim? Or did it change when you get that barrage of hate and vitriol? Did you start to go like your mentality changed a bit where you were like for the McKellen. first time ever, I feel a bit spoke to so I spoke to Ian, Ian okay. McKellen, yeah. And he said, I don't know what you're bothered for, it's none of your business. <laughs> and I was like, No, but if there's somebody that he said what anybody else thinks of you is none of your business. No, but Ian, but well, it's none of your business, let it go. Doesn't matter, don't read it. And you know, you're like, I oh, well, <laughs> well, I want that. He's <laughs> like, don't read it. If you don't read it, you don't know. Yeah. And then, and then from then that was like that was total freedom and liberty because mm. I just stopped reading it. But then, what happened was, social media came along where they could send it to you direct. Mm. Yeah. So instead of it just being said online and being you know, somewhere existing, it's, it's, well, yeah, it's in your pocket. Then it was you'd have to go looking for it yeah, before. Whereas so, now, so then the second change was mm. then turning off notifications and then not paying any attention mm. and then even when you do that people then will say oh he's in rude because he doesn't reply yeah. so it's like you can't win it, yeah. and at the end of the day it's, it was just enough to go to work do my job say the lines and try not to bump into the furniture and live some kind of normal life mm. and so but at the, for a long period of time it felt like it was just me yeah and the one place i i should have been supported was the gay press. And at the time, because they were angry that I was the only representation, maybe, yeah. you know, I understand. But the one set of thing that could have supported me and, and could have championed me and put me on their covers and say that they didn't. Yeah. So mm -hmm. sometimes it felt like I was just dealing with it all on my own. 
And I know that sounds so bizarre now because of things like Drag Race, which is like a global phenomenon. Yeah. And every show, and you know. Heart, we, heart Stopper. Heart Stopper and all those beautiful shows with all these, and every single show has, you know, sex education, all that stuff. A young person now watching television, scrolling through Netflix, there's whole, like, albums of shows yeah. on Netflix that are to do with LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. Whereas, and so it might sound really odd to that person, yeah. but at that time... It was just exist. me. It was literally just me. Do you feel like there's been a, a is there a, a change or is there a difference in the, the generations of like how the, the gay community, I'll just stick with the gay community, like all the gays, gays, your age, young gays, like Gen Z gays, is there a difference in how they communicate, appreciate, don't appreciate you, Sean, is there? Do you feel like there's a difference there? Is no. I, I, to be honest, if somebody's nice, they're nice. Doesn't matter how old they are. And if somebody's not going to be nice, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter either. Mm. So if somebody's if somebody's got an, a nasty opinion of you, it can be a seventeen year old. It can be a seventy seven year old. Yeah. And you know, it, and whatever their opinion is, is fine. We live in a world where everybody talks about the negative, and I've just talked about it because that's it's the reality. But. You know, you throw a stick down any street in Britain and you'll hit 20 good people before you hit yeah, a bad person. Yeah. So the flip side of that is the the how Sean was taken on yeah. and loved by people. Yeah. That's what got me through. Yeah. That's why I didn't... Once McCallan gave me that brilliant bit of advice and I, and, I, and I worked out what it actually meant and was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Then all I got was this love of people, you know, especially you know, people in the supermarket talking to me yeah. as if Sean was real and where's Eileen? And that's why I always to this day say, oh, she's fine. She's at the bingo. Um, because people would say, oh, I love Sean. Yeah. I, you know, I had a beautiful, we were at the Pride of Britain Awards um, a couple of weeks, uh, no, last week. Was it this? Yeah, last week. Um, and no, it was this week. Yeah, Sunday just it was gone, Sunday. wasn't it? Um, you'll probably listen to this in a few weeks time, but it was Pride of Britain. And there were two people there that um, that I spoke to. Well, lots more than that, but there were two people there that I've never met before that are of a uh, you know a, a certain age, an older generation. One was Angela Rippon, and the other one was Fluella Benjamin, Dame Fluella Benjamin, separately. And I spoke to both of them, and and I just said, I just Fluella Benjamin was passing my table. I was on a really lovely table with Catherine Ryan and. Um, Giovanna Fletcher and and Floella Benjamin was passing the table and I just said can I, and I never presume that people will know me although I do know that lots of people do I just said can I just say hello you were like you were just my childhood I can't believe I'm stood in front of you and she and and I expected to just go oh thank you very much and what and she said and she gave me a compliment and said, I absolutely love watching you on the television. I've loved you. How long have you been in it? I said, 20 years. And she said, she said, we'll keep doing what you do. I absolutely love you. You're a brilliant. And I was totally like floored by it, mm -hmm. floored by it. And I ran back to my table, um, to my seat and, and, and said to my other half, oh my God, Floella Benjamin's just yeah. said that she knew who I was. And I was astounded because, you know, it's very easy to concentrate on the negative. Yeah, I don't know why you you read a thousand good things about you, you remember You've, the one yeah, bad. Hundred percent. And and of all that negativity, I know we've just spoke about it, but that 
made you who you are. And I and and I will say this on the podcast. I wouldn't be who I am without you. When I first came out, Anthony sent me and they t- kind of took me under his wing, looked after me. Him and his partner, um, they gave uh, Anthony sent a care package of DVDs and books and series to watch and. You've helped me, and you've always spoke about passing the baton on. And Ian yeah. did that with Ian, Ian did. did that with you. You've done that with me, and that's why Ian has my first ever Wakefield shirt up in his house next to some nice paintings that mm-hmm. says "Thank you for passing the baton on." And yeah, that's the other thing he told me that whatever anybody thinks of using on your business, and the the life lesson he gave me was always pass the baton on. Yeah, always. I, so I, I, you know, and that doesn't matter if what walk of life that's yeah, gone yeah. it it it's it um resonates in in any community that if you've been fortunate and you've you've done okay for yourself or you've been you know you've had access to education in a way that somebody else had whatever it is and whatever you do whether it's sport or my business or you know the armed forces or um you know you're a you, you work in restaurants and whatever. If there's somebody junior to you, if there's somebody that's learning, if there's somebody that's, that's fresh faced, and there's somebody that needs any kind of help, no matter what business you're in, pass the baton on. Yeah. And 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 it's it it seems like it's a selfless thing, but it's not. It's also it's all, it also gives you yeah, a really good feeling. Feel Absolutely yeah, it makes yeah. you feel great because when you see somebody succeed, yeah. I love it when I find out a job, an, a mate of mine, an actor or whatever's got a job. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've just found out that Melanie Hills got a new gig on casualty and I've sent her a message saying I'm thrilled for you I love people succeeding because yeah. if people succeed it makes it it makes it makes my experience of life better mm. um that's why when you know troubles happening in the world it's you know like you were talking about the trans community I know we've not got long enough for this but you know then it's not about trans people it's not about trans people it's about women and it's about it's about gay People. That's what it's for. But they've found the they've found the small subse- subsection to go for. It's not about that. It's about repealing women's rights and it's about repealing gay rights. That's what this, this is. Mm. And they've found the smallest minority they can to pick on. And it's and it and it's nothing to do with that. It's like this, the string to pull at to unravel. It is it no all. coincidence that the whole world seems obsessed with 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 gender and toilets. At the same time that they're in the states, they're repealing abortion laws and they're repealing women's rights and they're repealing gay rights. And now the conversation is bubbling under here about whether or not we just have we take away the church given rights about gay people. That this, you know, the marriage stuff is it? Are we going to stop that? Are we going to stop the Gender Recognition Act? Are we going to stop the? And it and it's all because of the trans community. It's nothing to do with trans people. Trans people have lived for and been around forever. And, you know, I've known trans people all of my life and and it's got nothing to do with them. This is about they're coming for women and they're coming for gay people and gay rights. And and this is it's this is how it's being presented to us. Mm. So we have to support everybody because things are never as they seem. You know, this is this is politics is never what your politician or your prime minister is now. It's who it was 30 years ago. It's who it was 40 years ago. These are the policies of 40 years ago that we're now seeing. Mm. And so uh, so every time you hear somebody going on about the gender of toilets and and what people do in their privacy of their own home and and how people how trans people are um, are manifesting themselves in the community. They've always been there. Always, 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 always. This is about women's rights and this is about gay rights and and them trying to control that Mm. and put us back into our boxes. So. The fact that drag race is such a global phenomena 
whilst also saying it's almost like, oh, those people have got out of their box. They're a little bit too big for their boots. So we need to now start to put them back in. And while we can do in that, we can actually sort out. I mean, the fact that in 2023, a, a woman a young woman especially can't can't go to get an abortion in in however many states it is in the united states now even if it's through incest or rape is an absolute abomination but but that's why we have to support the trans community because we're supporting the trans community because they're coming for everybody they're coming for us yeah mm -hmm. sorry about that yeah no no so most people might have seen that you've got an MBE now, mm -hmm. um, and we give you the respect that you deserve by saying Anthony Condon MBE. That's how we acknowledge you. Always. Uh, what did you get that for? It was, for, well, we know it's for your work with the armed forces, but can you explain a little bit about that? I my All of my spare time, I work with the armed forces community, and uh, I was awarded the MBE via the army. The majority of my work that I do is with the army, and it's to do with their, um, I work with them on their mental health, mm -hmm practice policy process i work with them on their welfare system um why the army people probably going why, how did how did anthony cotton because, get involved with the army because friends that were away in afghanistan you know uh, years and years and years ago yeah um so it it started off as my individual friends and who i was friends with like joe yeah and um and brad yeah and then it and then it just completely took over I, it just became part of my life's work. It is my life's work. That's what I want to be remembered for. Um, so I, I help them shape their their the way they do things to do with mental health and how they look after soldiers and serving personnel. And therefore, the stuff that I do with the charities like Help for Heroes, SAFA, all that stuff is about veterans. Again, the same subject, but the stuff, the MBE came from the army for my work um, um, f with soldiers um, personnel and veterans and it's just about making their welfare system better so that soldiers are um, are, are looked after better yeah. and looked after in the correct way but we're living in strange times you know the country is on its arse the NHS is knackered and this is 14 years of pulling back of um, funding and mm. uh, and so uh, my, so my work is uh, my life's work because it really needs um, it needs looking at because the world is really unstable at the moment and we're going to rely on our armed forces more than ever and our armed forces are the backbone of our society and um, you only have to look at what's happening in Ukraine and what's happening in um, Israel and, uh, and, uh, and Gaza and, and it's all terrifying so um, we need to look after people we need to look after ourselves yeah. and we also need to look after the people that are looking after us so whether that's our blue light services or our armed forces etc um, and it just became my life's work, and 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 it's a world that I'm really comfortable in, and a world that I'm really the the mental health space. I'm kind of good at getting to the bottom of it, and 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 um and working out what's the best way to help somebody out. Well, hopefully, listening to this podcast will help people out. I think we've covered loads of stuff there. I think, you know, you you are a, a standout for lots of reasons, mental health, LGBT community. And yeah, so thank you for coming on. Thank you for talking so yeah, candidly. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review, drop us a message on socials. You can get us at Happy Healthy Homo, um, Anthony's at Anthony Cotton. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you want to email us, hello at Happy Healthy Homo, you can do. We have another series called Helpful Homos where we give Advice, another not, one. Sorry, good advice. Yeah, YouTube it's a spin-off. Do you know <laughs> what we need to do? Lastly, before we wrap this up, we need to do no FOMO homo. 
So we ask no FOMO homo. Yeah. Mm. So right. so we either we ask guests or at the end of every episode we ask people to recommend something that they've either found useful or interesting or helpful. It can be absolutely anything at all. What would you like to recommend? Um, I would like to recommend that people look into their voting history of their politician, their local politician and make an informed choice about how they believe their local politician has um, treated gay rights. Yeah, I think that's great, that's especially in the UK one. with the general election coming up. Yeah. Yes, um, th Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> thank, thank you, you Anthony. for being on. Thank, thank you, you very for much watching. for having me. Um, I'm obviously going to come back again and talk about the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so stay safe, look after yourself. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you soon. See you. Bye. Bye, y'all. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.